It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to Crossover Monday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm here with Chris Russell of the, of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Chris, it's a weird one because we had to adjust, and I think, I think you for be willing, being willing to adjust, your week wasn't crazy last week, but mine was considering I watched a Wednesday afternoon football game. Yeah, well, you know, Chris, first of all, good to be with you. You know, I I could say this. It was weird for us, too, you know, because we didn't know if this game was going to be played Sunday at 1, Monday at – five Monday at eight Monday at one as part of a triple header Tuesday night at eight Tuesday at five I mean we had no idea so you know it was a little bit odd it certainly wasn't as odd you know for us as it was for you guys uh in the Steel City but uh I I would just say this that you know I think we can all agree on this the Ravens kind of put the screws to both teams uh and uh they should be blamed for everything and it's crazy how, you know, these two teams that had nothing wrong, that did nothing wrong in this whole process, they've got to play on Monday while the Ravens get to play on Tuesday. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's kind of funny how that worked out. Uh, but uh, we're here. It's, and- called, it's called the Cowboys factor. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that <laughs> certainly plays into it. After the, after the NFL bend over and, 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 and let the Ravens do whatever they wanted, then they had to take care of the Cowboys and get them into prime time. Oh, gosh, it's crazy. It's so crazy. But we're here, and we're going to give you guys a bit of a preview of this game. This first segment, I'm going to ask him questions, then we're going to flip it around, um, and Chris is going to ask me questions um, in the second segment. Then we're going to give our breakdowns and pr- predictions in the final segment. So, Chris, i got to start with, of course, the biggest factor for Washington in this game um, is its defensive front, as it has been all year. Uh, the football team has the second most sacks in the NFL coming into this week. Uh, with 36. Uh, And it's crazy because when you look at it, it doesn't come from one direction. Like, you know, some teams, you know, you got one guy with 10 sacks and then another guy with seven sacks or, you know, but this team, nobody has more than six. And I talked Mm -hmm. to David DeCastro, the Steelers, you know, best offensive lineman on Saturday. And he was like, that's the challenge with these guys is that you, it requires every single offensive lineman to be accountable each play. Uh, what have you seen that's helped make that, you know, possible this year? Yeah, I, I think David is right. You're right, obviously, in your line of questioning. Um, you, you know, it isn't from one person. That's clear. Um, now, that 
it shouldn't be as well when you invest as much resource as they have on their defensive line. If you go back to, of course, Ryan Kerrigan is like grandpa at this point, a 2011 first round pick. Yeah. But then you, you know, you look at Jonathan Allen, 2017 first round pick was thought to be a top five pick dropped all the way to 17 because of injury concerns. Some of those injury concerns have been a part of his development, but not the ones that necessarily knocked him down the bag, uh, the, the pegs in Alabama. Then the next year was Deron Payne. Uh, then it was Montez Sweat. They traded back up in 2019 because that's the guy they wanted instead of Dwayne Haskins, or at least the football people wanted at number 15. And then in 2020, it just so happens that they have a second overall pick. And well, Chase Young is there and you have two defensive coaches, one Jack Del Rio and one Ron Rivera. So that one was pretty obvious from the start. So when you have essentially five first round picks rotating in and out and part of a four man front, uh, and at times a bare front with five guys and, and different alignments. And oh, by the way, they're without one of their best pass rushers in mm-hmm. Matt Ioannidis, who's been out since week three. Yeah. Um, and Caleb Brantley, who was expected to be a, a part of the rotation. So, you know, you get all this situation and, 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 and you're right. I mean, they come at you from waves. The one thing I will point out that might help the Steelers, two things. The Steelers, I obviously like to protect that and get rid of the football quickly. That's number one. Number two, Washington has not been consistent, as consistent as I'd like. They've been better of late, but they were, you know, week one, they had eight sacks. Week seven, they had six sacks of the Cowboys, two really bad offensive lines. In between that, there was a five-game period where they had eight sacks total. So, Mm. you, you know, they've been a little up and down, a little inconsistent in terms of the numbers and the actual production but the overall production uh, is getting better and has been better of late that's the, what's going to be interesting with this game I think a huge matchup here and I'll get to this later too is going to be that pass rush versus the Steelers pass protection the Steelers have given up 10 sacks this season the fewest in the NFL which has been very interesting to watch uh, but also I, I gotta ask what's what how do you feel about how Washington has played in, you know, in coverage this year, maybe when those things, when, when the pass rush hasn't gotten there, because Steelers fans see John Bostick at, at the inside linebacker, and they're like, big circle on this guy, because we just had him <laughs> last year, and he looked great at the start of the year, and then it was like mid-season, uh, or two years ago, when, when, when mid-season, they realized, oh yeah, people, he can't cover anybody, uh, just throw yep. at him. Uh, has right. that manifested, or ha- has Washington been able yes. to kind of protect him? It's great. It's a great point. So uh, early in the year, I mean, John, John was pretty good last year overall. Maybe it's because the talent around him sucked. Um, I I don't know. Uh, But in a three, four, John was, was better than I was expecting last year. Now you're converted to a four, three this year. He started out house on fire coming downhill blitzing uh he got a big stack on a fourth down of Carson Wentz in week one he played well week two against Arizona starting with a week three loss against Cleveland Chris it's kind of been a gradual downhill from there and now he's kind of splitting some reps even though he's the mic and even though he's got like the helmet you know they they've had I mean they can't leave him out there because they can't expose him next to um you know, the other question marks, let's put it that way, that they have there. Guys like Cole Holcomb, who missed a couple of games week two, three, four, and five while dealing with a knee injury. Thomas Davis, uh, the veteran, is, is kind of slow. He's 
been inactive for a couple of games, but he's played the last couple of games. Um, they lost Ruben Foster, who never quite made it back from his gruesome knee injury. Yeah. They had to put him on season a uh, long IR. He can't come back. So they've had questions at all three linebacker positions. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, a speedy guy who they signed to a one-year contract from Chicago, who they felt was going to be really, really good. And at times he's been okay, and at times he hasn't. They've been beaten in coverage early. They, I think, uh, the last several weeks before the two-game winning streak, I think they were trying to compensate for being beat so badly in coverage that they were maybe out of their gaps a little bit and out of their creases. And I've talked to Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio a number of times about this, and they keep telling me it's not the scheme. They keep telling me it's on the players. The players have to be in the right spot, the right situation, and they're not. And that is an area that Ebron and the short, crisp passing game of Pittsburgh with all the different weapons that you guys have, Juju and Deontay Johnson and obviously Claypool, and I mentioned Ebron, where you guys really should be able to take advantage in that area. So uh, the one last thing on the defense before I roll to the offense. You do have a guy in the secondary with four interceptions in Kendall Fuller. What has made him special yep. this year? And uh, is that like, how how much confidence do you do, do you feel like Washington fans have in him to make a big play or you know be able to flip a game around? So Kendall hasn't had an interception actually since before their uh, before their bye. Wow, uh, which was week um, I want to say week six. I want to say uh, those four interceptions came in three games, and he missed the first two games of the year. So they came four interceptions in three games, and a couple of weeks ago against Detroit, he had a really bad game, and he's been fine the last two weeks against Cincinnati and and Dallas. But I, I wouldn't say he's been as good as he was early in the year. Now. Uh, you, you know, what, what, what you have there is a guy who can play all over. He can play the slot. He can play outside, which is what he's primarily been playing. Um, he can play high post free safety. He can do a lot of different things. I expect him to be on the outside at right corner in this game. That's primarily where he plays. You know, Kendall is smart. He's versatile, obviously. I think he's a leader. He obviously won a Super Bowl. He was drafted by Washington, traded away in the Alex Smith trade, re-signed as, you know, a big free agent acquisition. Um, I, I don't think he's like somebody you should live in fear of by any means. Um, but I think he's somebody that if Pittsburgh does what I think they're going to do uh, and what they've pretty much done all year, which is, you know, a short, effective passing game and, and letting your athletes make make plays in space. For the most part, Kendall is a good tackler. And again, he's smart and he diagnoses well. And that is one area that this secondary, they give up a lot of big plays, Chris. They give up a lot of 50-plus yard plays. One area that they've been really good is snuffing out screens and slants and smokes and, and quick stuff, quick game. And they're usually very good at tackling and diagnosing and tackling in space. So if that's what Pittsburgh is going to try and do, which is what I think they're going to try and do you know it's going to be a really interesting dynamic matchup that could be very interesting to see because you're right that's what that's what the Steelers have done they've dinked and dunked they've worked underneath and then eventually hits you over the top um so that's going to be very interesting if Randy Feetner comes out with that style of offense trust me Steelers fans will complain if a few things go wrong it happens every week right um, but flipping to the offense uh of course you got Alex Smith at quarterback um you know it's, it's been interesting to see his his comeback year and uh, to see him back on the field, it's great to see that. But on top of that, you've also had two, two young players really stepping up 
uh, two guys that I also have on a lot of my fantasy teams, Terry McLaurin, who I absolutely love watching. He's got 963 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Um, meanwhile, Antonio Gibson, he's got a 645 yards on the ground on 11 rushing touchdowns in this game, in, in this year. Um, what is what has been the reliable source of this offense to get things going? Because it can seem really up and down at times, but you see those 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 playmakers out there. Yeah, and and the offense has gotten better from a or from a uh, overall standpoint, uh, really since Dwayne Haskins was benched and Kyle Allen was put in, and then Kyle Allen dislocated his ankle right out of the bye, and then Alex Smith, obviously, who had come in in relief uh, for Kyle Allen once or twice, then takes over as a starter, and he has a couple of big passing games, and they lose because they're coming from behind. The last couple of weeks, Chris, they've been playing, you know, either even or ahead, which has allowed them to run the football and not be so predominantly one-dimensional, which is the biggest thing. If Pittsburgh can take away their run and stymie it and stuff it early, then you're going to put Alex Smith, who doesn't have the mobility he once used to have, obviously, after having 17 surgeries, you're going to put him in a one-dimensional situation where, you know, they're going to have to pass 40 or so times, kind of like Ben did, you know, 51 times or whatever it was uh, against Baltimore. Baltimore, right, because they didn't have the running game. Um, so that's the key, I think, for Pittsburgh is, you know, first and second down defense, forcing third and longs, one, and two, taking away Antonio Gibson and the running game. And that was not what they were able to do against Griffin and Baltimore uh, last week. Now, the one thing I would counter and say, hey, Antonio Gibson's going to probably have 85, 90 yards rushing probably mm-hmm. in this game, maybe a rushing touchdown. That's just what he does. Can you take away any read option stuff? Can you take away any wildcat stuff that Washington is going to run? Now, they don't have the read option quarterback, again, like Griffin, who couldn't throw in Alex. They don't have that. But they'll, they will run a bunch of trick plays and a bunch of wild – not a bunch. They'll run some wildcat. They'll run some cross option, you know, kind of delays and, 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 and a lot of jet motions and a lot of jet sweeps, reverses, end arounds that type of eye candy stuff to get the rest of their running yards. And if Pittsburgh can't stop that, then they're going to be in some trouble. Um, Again, I I don't think they're going to hurt them, Pittsburgh, uh, on a, uh, you know, on the quarterback poll stuff that Griffin was pretty decent at uh, last Wednesday. So, you know, Pittsburgh is going to have to, again, control that running game put them in third and eight plus, and then they'll be able to tee off even without Bud Dupree, uh, of course, with T.J. Watt and, uh, and Highsmith and all those guys uh, and Stephon Tewitt and the guys that they have and are getting back uh, in this game. And that's going to put pressure uh, on Alex Smith, especially because you guys can cover, for the most part, a lot better on the back end than, say, Detroit or the Giants or the teams that Alex had some success throwing against. Lots of very good insight there from you, Chris Russell. Thank you. We're going to toss it to a quick break. When we come back, Chris will be flipping it around to me, asking me questions about the Steelers. But before we do that, we've got to talk to our friends at DoorDash. All right, once again, it is Chris Russell here. Before we get back to Crossover Thursday, I'm here to tell you about Built Go. That's right. If you need a little energy boost, I have a perfect way for you to do it. You don't need sugar. You don't need an energy drink that has a hard crash. What you need is Built Go. Easy to take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your workout bag, your 
whatever kind of bag that you have, your purse, whatever you want to do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without that same crash feeling. One-and-a-half-ounce packages, three delicious flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, or peanut butter honey. I love the peanut butter honey. That is a good combination. Not as good as peanut butter chocolate, but peanut butter honey is pretty damn close. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, B6, B12. You get all of that great stuff, and the collagen makes you look better. Joint soft tissue health. Mm, You'll feel great. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com, and let's go. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we are back right here on a crossover Monday, early evening, late afternoon football edition of the Locked On Steelers, Locked On Washington football team podcast, along with Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers. I'm Chris Russell, Locked On Washington football team, as we get you set at Heinz Field, 5 o'clock on Monday. I'll be uh, there in attendance, looking forward to some ketchup uh, on my french fries, uh, maybe from (laughs) Primanti Brothers uh, or something like that. Uh, Chris, um, let's start with Ben Roethlis. He was not injury related on the injury designation, uh, which was ridiculous on Thursday, being that they had just played on Wednesday. But then on Friday and Saturday, all of a sudden the knee popped up and now he's officially listed as questionable. A, do you have any concern? B, is this just old man Ben, 37 years old and uh, the weather's been crappy and it's just stiffening up and sore? Is there something here? Nah, he's fine. Uh, When you looked at this, you know, uh, you know, every every indication has been he just threw 51 passes on a Wednesday, and now he has to play on a Monday. There's, there was no way the Steelers were going to force him to practice. Heck, there was there was the game against the Bengals where they blew them out a few weeks ago. He didn't practice all week, and that was a normal week of practice. Like that's, right. uh, you know, they 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 do this a lot with Ben Roethlisberger because he knows the offense. It's been built around him for the last 15 years. Um, I, this is more of a comfort thing for the Steelers than it is a a worry thing. They're like, hey, just let just rest up, Ben. The rest of you guys be good to go. The biggest thing for the Steelers is that Chris Boswell has been downgraded to doubtful, the, the team's kicker, mm-hmm. and they signed Matthew Wright to the practice squad, which we fully expect by Monday there will be, because um, we're recording this, of course, on Sunday, uh, but we're fully expecting by Monday morning or Monday afternoon we'll, we'll, Matthew Wright will be promoted to the, uh, to the active roster to allow him to, uh, to play in this, in this game so that Chris Boswell can get some rest. Um, we're not sure what happened to Chris Boswell, but I mean, other than that, the Steelers, you know, their biggest question mark, of course, is the loss of Bud Dupree, who, uh, you know, got hurt uh, last week and was out for the season with a torn ACL. 
Yeah, and, and also James Conner, I think, was activated off the COVID list on Sunday, but the reports, at least as of the time that we're recording this, unless I'm wrong, is that he's not expected to play. So it looks like more of the Benny Snell show on, uh, on Monday? That is correct. That is correct. All indications are that he can't, um, he's not going to be able to play in this game. And uh, you know, I think it's just the team taking more precautions. One thing about James Conner, for those who don't know, I know every Steelers fan knows, but you know he's a cancer survivor. So when he was when he was said to have tested positive for COVID nineteen, there was a lot of worry in Pittsburgh because um, uh, he he played at the University of Pittsburgh uh, in college, and when he was when he was a superstar there for them, uh, he had been diagnosed with cancer. He battled back from it, played in his senior year, and that was uh, the senior season when they helped when they when he helped beat Clemson. Uh, in Deshaun Watson's final year and the only team to beat Clemson on their way to a national championship. So a lot of Steelers fans were worried. I think the Steelers, Steelers organization, they always put health before, uh, you know, before winning games. And uh, that's where, that's where this I think is coming from. It's like, Hey, you know what, you know, yeah, James Conner's come back from this, but let's, let's just take precaution here. Uh, no need to just force him into this situation, especially uh, Mike Tomlin was happy with Benny Snell last week, uh, even though he didn't get big, big numbers. Uh, you saw him really do well in pass protection of Ben Roethlisberger when he was in the mm-hmm. backfield. That was a huge win uh, for the for the Steelers' offense was to see Benny Snell show that progression because he wasn't doing that last year. Uh, I think that they're comfortable with him being the starter at least for another week. Uh, Chris Carter with us, uh, locked on Steelers, as we get you set for this game, five o'clock Monday Eastern time, uh, here on a crossover special edition of the Locked On Steelers, Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. So that being said, with Snell, like you said, doing well in pass protection, again, likely no Connor. Ben off of the 51 throw performance on Wednesday, even though they didn't score 20 points, certainly there were lots of targets. There were lots of completion, maybe not a lot of yardage. Um, Would you expect something very close to that? Or do you think that that was more an anomaly and it'll be in the thirties, maybe high thirties or so for Ben in terms of throwing attempts? Well, a lot of this depends because I think a lot of those passes wouldn't have had to happen if the Steelers receivers just caught a few more of those passes throughout the game. You saw at least, I think I I counted eight drops in this game, which was uncharacteristic. Eric Ebron going into that game had just two, had two drops all season. He doubled that in the, in, in the last game. Chase Claypool had like three drops all season. He had two in this game. Uh, You know, Deontay Johnson, he's had a few more drops. I think he had four drops in the season, but he had three in this game. I think a lot of it was a lack of focus and the breaking of the routine. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, people look at this and they say, well, both teams had the same amount of time to prepare. It really wasn't the case because, you know, the Steelers, you know, when they were, when they were getting ready for this game, they had to, you know, they thought they were playing on Thursday. Then they, and they, they, when they, when you start that, you think you're playing on Thursday. So you practice, you practice on Tuesday and Wednesday and you get ready for that. Um, but then, you know, they're saying, okay, now you're playing on Sunday. So then they restart their calendar. They're like, okay, well, let's try this. And then, oh, no, you're not playing on Sunday. You're playing on Monday. Oh, no, you're not playing on Monday. You're playing on Tuesday. And I think after a while, they just kind of just weren't able to figure a lot of things out there. Um, and that's kind of what led it to where it is now. Um, and so the, the big question that everyone in Pittsburgh is asking is, can this be, can the, can the Steelers receivers get it back together? Because they are a young group. Even though Judas Smith-Schuster is the most experienced guy, guy there, he is a, he's a receiver who's only 24 years old. He just turned 24, and he's the most experienced guy they got in the receiving group. Um, this is a young group with Deontay Johnson. I mean, all, their top four guys are all drafted in the last four years. Juju four years ago, Deont- uh, James Washington three right. years ago, uh, Deontay Johnson last year, and Claypool's a rookie. Um, so 
there's a lot of figuring things out. So this will be a determining test. If they can get back on track with catches, I think that that limits the amount of times that Roethlisberger has to throw in this game because then they'll be more efficient on drives and then they can go to the run game later. That's really that's really good stuff there, uh, and, and I I think probably a lot of people you know kind of swept that under the rug, but that's a a key component. Let me ask it from this perspective because this is a an, an area that I I've tried to hone in on and I've tried to get information on and haven't been able to exactly scratch the surface on this. How do you think most it, it, the teams that have had success, you, you mentioned what happened in the Ravens game, that seems more, again, drops versus coverage success, per se, out of the Ravens. I'm not saying that they were awful in coverage, but would you say teams ha- have had more success by playing press man and right in their grills or off man or in a little bit of a zone keeping everything in front of them and then trying to tackle and close in space? What do you think is the most effective way to, to – to defend these Pittsburgh wide receivers. I think it's not even about the Steelers wide receivers. It's about trying to confuse Ben Roethlisberger, though he's been much better at seeing the field this year than I think he's ever been in his career. Um, and and I, I said this was this might happen during the offseason. I was telling all our AFC North podcast guys when we were doing our preseason stuff, and they're like, ah, Ben's done. And I'm like, nah, he's talking like he's a different guy right now. And he's been a different guy for this team early or you know at least at least through these these first 11 games I think that this 11th game was a little different he did miss a wide open touchdown pass to Derek Watt uh didn't even try to throw it to him but um you know when I've seen him this year the biggest challenges are when defenses come out and they confuse Ben Roethlisberger with their disguised looks and when that happens it slows his progressions it gets him out of his game and that's what really knocks this team off but I mean we've seen Darius Slay uh, you know, when the, when Chase Claypool was going off for four touchdowns against the Eagles, the Eagles moved Slay to say, you take out Claypool. And they tried to press him, and Claypool just bullied him. He, just, he, he was slapping his hands down. He was beating the jam. And that's something that he's got better and better at as the year is, has gone on. Um, and, you know, Juju's been very good in that department. Even when his yards aren't big, he's doing – he's playing very well there. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is – can Deontay Johnson be more consistent? Because when he gets the ball, he's very dangerous, um, but he still hasn't put it all together. Um, and James Washington, it's a weird thing how they they, they barely worked him into to, to games, but it seems like whenever he's called upon, he makes a huge catch in a game. And it's usually like once – it's really only once or twice per game, but he does that. Um, and, and I think that's the big thing is if you can knock Ben off his game, then you break that rhythm, and that's what allows it to happen. And maybe that'll be if – Washington's pass rush can disrupt uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, and, and do something that no no real defense has done to the Steelers' offensive line this year. Right, good insight there. Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers. I'm Chris Russell, Locked On Washington football team. As we get you set for this matchup, 5 o'clock Monday uh, Eastern time at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, the undefeated Steelers versus the 4-7 and seven Washington football team. Let's flip it over to the defense because you mentioned Bud Dupree and his season-ending injury. We know about T.J. Watt. They're getting Stephon to it back, but sounds like they have a lot of confidence in the young man that's going to replace Bud Dupree, and everything starts with the pass rush for the Pittsburgh Steelers yes it does yes it does Alex Highsmith a third round draft pick rookie out of Charlotte uh he's looked good this year in in the in the the few in the times they've used him he's he's ascended to being the top backup uh over Ola Adini who a lot of people thought would be that top backup this year uh and, and he's been impressive not just in the pass rush he only has one sack but he's been you know gaining more pressure he had an interception on Lamar Jackson that was really impressive when he flew out to the flat uh, I'll tell you this guy uh, Alex Highsmith when 
he played, you know, for Charlotte. He was against Clemson. And this is his senior year. And Clemson's blowing out Charlotte. But Dabo Sweeney said going into that game, like, hey, uh, this guy, Alex Highsmith, he's their best player. We have to stop him. And, he, and, they, and they couldn't. He got a sack on Trevor Lawrence. And uh, he, he was a disruptive force throughout the game. Now, of course, one guy can't do it all. So, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte got destroyed in that game. But that's what he's kind of always been. He's been very athletic. He's strong. He's quick. He's big. And uh, that's going to be that, that's going that's going to be a really interesting thing to see if he can keep that up now that he's a full time starter in the NFL. He's looked good for the Steelers in short spurts, but the big question is: be can he adjust um, out of can he adjust out of all these different things um, as the Steelers do? Because the Steelers make a lot of adjustments on offense week to week. But Steelers fans are confident that he can play well. You know, when you have guys like Joe Hayden who can who can kind of lock down. Uh, and take a lot away, where would you say is an area that Washington might have some success? Is it against uh, the interior linebacker? Is it against the safeties? And I know Sean Davis went back from Pittsburgh to Washington, back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not sure what he's been able to, you know, kind of add to the mix. I don't think much, but you tell me, uh, where would, where would, I guess, where would Washington probably have the most success? Um, well, I'll tell you, Sean Davis doesn't see the field on defense, really. He saw, like, like, like two snaps last week. Um, yeah. it, you know, the big thing has been Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, has been a great center fielding safety for the team. Uh, Terrell Edmonds has really stepped up for the Steelers. He had two interceptions um, just a couple weeks ago. That was really big for them. Um, and, you know, this has, been, this has been a defense that's found a lot of different assets in a lot of different areas. Um, and when I, when I look at how they're, they're able to, to defend every part of the field, Joe Hayden playing really well, even Justin Laney, Cameron Sutton, the backup cornerbacks who, you know, one of them is going to be starting outside for the Steelers because it looks like Steven Nelson won't be able to play. Um, either of those guys have looked solid there. Um, if I'm Washington, I, maybe I try to get Terry McLaurin matched up with one of those guys and attack them and see what, what happens. But Cameron Sutton's been a very solid cornerback, both in the slot and outside the numbers. Uh, he, he attacks the football. He, he had a stretch where he started in place of the slot cornerback, Mike Hilton, where he forced three, he had three straight games with forced fumbles because he just attacked the football very well. Um, the biggest thing, if you went after Roberts Belaine, that would be interesting. Um, but the Steelers have put, have often put themselves in a situation where they're asking Spillane to do the littlest, the littlest amount of post coverage possible. Just like, Hey, help cover the screen underneath. That's the big thing. Everything else has been very, you know, they're confident with Mike Hilton, Cameron Sutton, Terrell Edmonds helping in underneath coverage while Hayden and Nelson and, and Lane and Fitzpatrick, they're all working more so, uh, you know, in deeper coverage. Um, so the big thing that I found, if teams can be consistent throughout a game, if they can hit the dinks and dunks and just figure out what the soft parts in the Steelers zone, that's where you got to, that's where you got to attack and hope for the best um, and, and stay away from Minka Fitzpatrick, stay away from Joe Hayden. They've been very opportunistic at, intercepting the, the, the football this year. Um, you know, Minka with four picks this year, Hayden with two, and he had a pick six just this last game. Um, the, so the big thing is stay away from those guys and don't let the Steelers pass rush get started because when they do, they are really tough to stop once they get going because they feel that energy and they feed off each other. And that's why they have the most sacks in the NFL right now. TJ Watt with 11. Um, and Stephon Tewitt coming back, it's bigger than most people think. He has seven sacks. And he may be listed as a defensive end, Chris, but he plays interior defensive lineman. He's basically a defensive tackle. Uh, just he's a D in name only. 
uh, and it's impressive. There's no, the only other interior defensive lineman with more sacks than him in the NFL this year is Aaron Donald. And that's where, that's what the Steelers are, how they feel comfortable about him. Yeah. So, I mean, well, we'll get into this very shortly here. The the offensive line for the Washington football team is going to have their hands full and then some. All right. So, Chris, when we come back, we will give our final predictions and a couple and maybe a key matchup uh, as well as time allows. We'll do that next right here on a crossover edition, Locked on Steelers, Locked on Washington football team. But first, from our sponsor and words from Bill Barr. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on Crossover Monday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, it's Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. He's Chris Russell from Locked On Washington Football Team. Chris, um, we've both been you know, going over different parts of these teams, but I got to ask you first, uh, before we give our predictions, where do you see being the biggest matchup that determines the victor in this game? Because... Both of the, you know, Washington's coming off a huge blowout win over the Cowboys that I know you guys had to really celebrate because that's a rivalry. Um, And and the Steelers fans, they're feeling, you know, they're they're feeling a little cautious after barely beating the Ravens, that team that had been ravaged by COVID. But they're also just happy they swept the Ravens because they hate the Ravens. Where do you you see Washington and Steelers, the, the rubber meeting the road in this game? Yeah, so normally I would say, you know, of course, as we started with the Washington defensive line versus any opposing offensive line, can they get home? Can they get, uh, in this case, to Ben Roethlisberger? I I just don't see that they're going to be able to consistently get to him unless they blitz a lot off the edges. And and they do that from time to time with their safeties. Uh, And maybe, you know, they'll shoot a a slot corner or some kind of an exotic, you know, type blitz. Uh, to get home, but but because I think that's going to be an advantage for the Steelers, um, I, I'll I'll kind of bypass it and just flip it around and just say, listen, if you can't stop, if you can't stop T.J. Watt and to it, as you mentioned, uh, and 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 uh, and the the kid that's replacing Dupree, um, Alex Highsmith, you know, yeah. if you yeah, Alex Highsmith, I want to call him Alonzo Highsmith. That's why I keep struggling, <laughs> uh, but he's an executive in the NFL now. Um, you know, if you can't stop that, even with getting Cornelius Lucas back, who kind of became your starting left tackle, and he's missed the last couple of games, and he'll go right back at left tackle. Morgan Moses at right tackle is a little bit banged up. Um, and, and Brandon Sheriff's been playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he's never been, in my opinion, a great a great blocker. Um, as weird as that sounds, like he gets beat a lot. Um, it, you know, especially with really good pass rushing defensive tackles. So I wonder if they can take advantage uh, of that particular. So to me, it's going to be, can the Washington offensive line protect Alex Smith one and not have these ridiculous third and, you know, 17 type situations. And can they open up some holes for the run game, which Baltimore seemed to be able to do in a variety of different ways. If they can do that, then I think Washington can keep the game close. And that's the, the matchup to me that jumps out. 
Interesting. Very interesting. My matchup is the, is the same in reverse. I think the biggest thing, if the Steelers neutralize well, – there's two factors in it. If the Steelers, one, neutralize Washington's pass rush, if, if they're able to protect Ben Roethlisberger, keep his pocket clean and not ruin his timing with his receivers, that's the, step, that's the first step. And I think it, it will allow them to attack the secondary that you, you, you're talking about. You know, it's not you – know, Washington fans don't feel as confident about that group. Um, and then if the Steelers receivers can get back to catching the football the way they had been most of this year, that would be my ticket uh, if the, for the Steelers, you know, being able to, you know, drive home some points in this game and uh, take control here. But you're also right. You know, the Steelers run defense, they've been good this year. Uh, they have, they, there's times they've kind of let, let the running game get ahead of them. Um, in the first game against the Ravens, they gave up over 200 yards on the ground which, of course, you know, a lot of people were really alarmed by. But, I mean, in this last game, uh, you know, it kind of seemed like they were, they were saying, hey, RG3, you know, use your legs if you want. That's not going to do a whole – that's not going to do enough for you in this game. So, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Antonio Gibson is a very good running back. Um, I like the way that he plays, and I think it could be uh, an interesting challenge for the Steelers. Uh, but, like I said, I think it, it's, it's going to be about Chase Young. It's going to be about Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, it's going to be about that defensive front. And if they can cause mayhem for Washington, I think it will make this a, a very interesting game. No doubt about it. Uh, and just, you know, as we extend here, uh, but also wrap up, I, I guess I'll go ahead and offer my prediction and then we'll get yours, Chris. Uh, I, I think Washington has a chance to keep this game close. I think they have maybe a 10%, maybe a 10% chance of winning it outright. And, and that might be generous. I don't know. Uh, I, I'd be surprised, ultimately, very surprised if they win this game. But I, I, I would not be surprised if they keep it close. And and one reason why they, they – or one thing they're going to have to do to keep it close is get off to a good start. They've been a very, very, very poor first half and first quarter team this year. They've been a little bit better the last two weeks, as I mentioned earlier but they've been very poor overall so I think we'll know early in this game whether they have a chance to win or at least keep it close they're a very good second half team on both offense and defense so again if they can keep it close in the first quarter first half I think Washington will hang tight I think they ultimately lose and I'm going to go 24-17 Pittsburgh but I think it'll be closer than the line spread you know nine and a half ten ten and a half depending on what book you're using uh, and I think it'll be closer than most people think it will be I, I actually you know what's what's really funny is uh Chris I think a lot of Steelers fans would agree with you because every week it's like, oh gosh, why do the Steelers do this to us and make every game stressful? Even though the Steelers have the most 20 point wins in the league and the second most uh, uh, nine point wins in the, in the NFL this season. Um, but it's really fun. It's really funny because every week the Steelers are playing somebody. And as soon as a, a drop pass or a missed third down opportunity happens, everyone's like, oh, dang it. The Steelers, if they just live to stress me out. I think this could be another one of those games if Washington really gets gets it going in their pass rush. Um, but I do think that eventually the Steelers start clicking again, even if it takes it to the second half, because this has been a slow starting team uh, on offense this year at times. And uh, But I think by, by mid-third quarter, we start to see those receivers start to click. Ben Roethlisberger start to figure things out. I, I have no doubt that Washington will bring in some big play mentality and, and uh, make this a very interesting game. But I, I think that this game – gets to uh I think I think the Steelers sort of take control here 
late in the third or early in the fourth, and then that's when you see things start to roll the Steelers' way uh, in the in the final moments. And it'll be interesting to see if Benny Clo- Benny Snell, he was a closer last week, and that's what they drafted him to be uh, back, you know, two years ago. Uh, so I'm interested to see if he can if 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 he gets in the position to to do that again this week. Can he do that again? And that would be I think that would put a, a huge uh, notch in his belt for sticking with the team for the next couple of years in his rookie contract. Uh, but let's do our final score predictions. Chris, where, how do you see this, the, the final score working out? Yes, you know, so ultimately uh, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll stick with the 24-17 type theme. Uh, maybe it'll be 24-20, maybe it'll be you know, 27-20, something like that. But I'll just go officially 24-17. I think the Steelers are, again, clearly better than Washington. I think Washington is on the rise. I think they're playing with some confidence. I would not be absolutely stunned if Washington is right in this game with, you know, final possession, uh, final five minutes of the game type of thing. Uh, They're not as good as Baltimore, even though Baltimore obviously was neutralized because of no Lamar Jackson last week uh, and all the COVID issues. But they are a team on the rise, and I do think they'll give a good accounting of themselves, but come up just short. I have it being close at halftime. I think it's going to be like 14-10 range around then. But like I said, I think around that, that late third, early fourth quarter is when the Steelers start to put things together. And you'll see – I think you'll see Ben Roethlisberger make some big plays, Chase Claypool get on the board, um, and uh, that's where you see a breakaway. I have the final score going 31-13 Steelers. Um, I, I think that, Ooh, that Washington will, put wow. on, will, will, will be able to put up some points early. But uh, this is a defense that's played well late. Um, you know, I know some people will probably think, well, what about that late touchdown to Baltimore? Um, even if this gets close, when, when the game has been on the line, when a team has had the opportunity to take a lead in under two minutes in the game, the Steelers have not given up a touchdown in that situation since last year against the Niners. And that was week, week three, the, the very first week that Mason Rudolph started for the Steelers. And it was because uh, James Conner fumbled in, 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 his, in his own red zone, uh, giving up a huge play there. Uh, so... I think a big part of what this comes down to is if the Steelers can get back on track, I think that they will. I think that they're, they're ticked. Uh, the way they were, they've responded this week in all the meetings is they weren't comfortable with how they beat the Ravens and they, they want to get back to feeling like, Hey, we're, we're on our way to it's in the progress that we need to be to get ready for the playoffs because they've, they've said they don't care about going undefeated. They care about just winning the Super Bowl. And uh, if they want to win the Super Bowl, they have to put together, they have to string together strong performance after strong performance. And if they struggle this week, it's going to be an interesting sign to see where they go from here. I don't disagree with a lot of what you just said. I'd be surprised, quite honestly, if it, if it was as lopsided ultimately on the final ledger. And, and maybe it will be. I don't know. Uh, but I would expect a little bit better out of Washington than 31-13 or, or you know, an 18-point uh, final deficit. I would, be a li- I would be honestly disappointed by that. Um, if that's ultimately the outcome of this game, got no problem saying Steelers win. But again, I'd be disappointed if it's a well into the double digits uh, type loss. Chris, um, I guess we got to wrap this up because, you know, we're running out of time before this game. Uh, I always love coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, my guy, Danny Smith, who I got to, you know, cover and I still keep in contact with is one of the, you know, I, I know you guys have had some special teams issues, but uh, I don't know how Steelers fans view him, uh, but you guys are lucky to have him. I'll always love talking to Danny uh, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sad that I won't be able to see him because of all this uh, COVID stuff, yeah. but I always love coming to Pittsburgh uh, and I, and, and it should be a fun matchup and, uh, 
you know, it'll be weird being at a Steelers game with no terrible towels is, yeah, is, it, is what I would say. It, it's, a, it's a weird environment, man. They still pump that noise in, but it don't feel the same. Uh, but, no, you're right. Danny yeah. is the guy. I've had a beer or two with the guy. He's a very, he's a very great person to talk to. Um, uh, but I will say, while you're in town, man, I suggest you there's two places I tell you to check out. There's Mike's Beer Bar. It's like right – it's like really – it's in the North Shore, really close to the stadium. Uh, they do a steak on the stone type of deal where you can, like, cook your steak right in front of you. Mm. Um, it's, it's a really cool deal. And they have mm. over 500 beers to drink from. Um, my other place is my favorite wing spot in Pittsburgh. It's uh, the William Penn Tavern in uh, right, right on Walnut Street in Shady Side. It's on the east end of town. Uh, it, but you, got, you go there, you get some kitchen sink wings, you will feel good about yourself. Um, so my two top recommendations for you while you in town, my friend. I, 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 I appreciate that, man. I, I might have to take you up on that because I might be staying until Tuesday <laughs> with the time of this game. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how all that works out, but always good to catch up with you, Chris. Same here. And Hey, Locked on Steelers fans and locked on Washington fans. Let's help each other out. If you're enjoying our shows, you probably already subscribed to our shows, but if you could leave each of us, Locked On Steelers fans, go on the go on the the Apple the Apple Podcast uh, version of the Locked On Washington Football Teams page. Leave a five star review for Chris Russell. Locked On Washington fans, you can do the same for us. Let's help each other out. Let's get our shows out there. You know, Chris and I, we have very good football conversations. We had someone here. We had one over the summer. This is how this is how we build the Locked On Podcast Network. We thank all of you who listen to our shows and to these crossover shows. Chris, it's always great talking with you. We will both be back in your ears in our respective podcast platforms after this game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.